These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I don't think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the podcast, episode 183. I hope you're having a great week out there. I hope things are good for you and that you're able to enjoy the rather lovely weather we're having in the UK at the moment. It is gorgeous outside. So if you're able to, do get outside, um, obviously socially distancing, um, and enjoy this fine weather. If not, and like me, you're pretty much based at home, then open up the doors, open up the windows, let that air in, let the sun come through the door. Oh, what an amazing week we are having with weather. Basically, all that's meant is that I've gone outside for lunch, which has been lovely, but it's also meant I've just done a lot of washing because I can now hang clothes outside. So yeah, both practical and just nice lunchtime, I think. Thank you so much for continuing to be part of the podcast and sharing and downloading the episodes. This week, we have another new guest. So I'm delighted to uh, have had the opportunity to sit down with Vicky from the Sleep Charity. Uh, well, we're really, yeah, we're talking about sleep. Um, it's something that affects all of us. It's something that I think is one of the aspects of our health that really doesn't receive as much attention as it probably should. Um, it's something that affects all of us. Yes, some people are affected by uh, illnesses and symptoms, uh, but it's something that we all need. We all need sleep uh, to support our well-being, to be able to engage in the activities and tasks that we do each day. So it's a really important topic to look at and to make sure that we're not just getting some sleep, but it's actually good sleep that we're getting. So it's really interesting to sit down and have a chat with Vicky, particularly given that we just had um, a few weeks ago, almost a month ago, a Mental Health Awareness Week, where this year the focus was going to be on sleep. However, it shifted across recent situations. Um, I've meant that shifted over to being kindness, which was a great topic. Um, but I, I really enjoy it when we, we focus in on an area that we can learn a little bit more about when it's an aspect of our health that maybe doesn't receive as much attention as it should or could. Um, it's an area where we can improve education and knowledge about what we are doing and how we can all support and improve our own mental health, our own well-being um, and for us doing that through sleep. So it's really good to sit down and have the conversation with Vicky, hear about some of the recent uh, campaigns, projects that have been happening um, and get some insights into those. If you do want to find out a little bit more information following this episode, obviously, as always, the links are in the show notes, but also at the end of the episode. Once again, thank you so much for continuing to support, subscribe and download uh, and share 
the the podcast episodes i hope you find this one useful and interesting it was it was really good um to sit down and, and get an insight from an expert so i hope you enjoy it as always if you're interested in coming on in the future you can find information on the website which is mikesopenjournal.com and until next time enjoy the episode life isn't always easy at the moment we can feel frustrated miss loved ones or get anxious but there are simple things we can all do to look after our mental well-being at this time. Every Mind Matters will get you started with personalised tips and advice from the NHS. Whether it's dealing with stress, techniques to help you relax, or simple tips for better sleep, we'll help you find what's right for you. Search Every Mind Matters today. So, so welcome to the podcast, Vicky. Um, it's really good to, to sit down and have a chat. Um, I guess just to kick off, we've we've had a brief conversation beforehand, but what's your day or your last couple of days been like? I know we've we've suddenly got some very warm weather today, so it might be slightly different, but what's the last few days been like for you? Yeah, so um, I've really enjoyed having some family time the last Mm. uh, couple of days. Um, So yesterday it was a beautiful day here in Yorkshire and um, it was bank holiday too, which was really nice. Mm. And just spending some time with my boys, my family, um, although I have been spending a lot more time with them recently uh, (laughs) due to the lockdown, but I've been working pretty hard as well. So it was nice just to have some of that family time, quality time. Um, And today, another glorious day. So I was up really early working and then I spent some time in the garden this afternoon um, actually painting, which I found quite relaxing. It's, it's just such a strange time at the moment, isn't it? I, I'm I'm actually on leave this week, which is amazing. Um, so I'm doing a very few things. I am still doing a couple of bits, but it just feels very strange to um, like not really be working, but not going or doing anything like it just, yeah, just to be at home and pottering around. It's like you wouldn't take time off work to do this. It just seems very strange, but um we're all kind of gradually getting used to a, a strange moment in um in history i guess really uh and it probably will lead into to some of the stuff we're going to talk about a little bit later um but be interesting to hear kind of just a little bit about yourself vicky kind of who you are and, and how you've got involved with um sleep and some of the stuff that we're going to talk about a little bit later yeah, so I kind of fell into the sleep world completely by accident. Um, my background's in teaching. Okay. So I I was a teacher um, oh, for probably about 15, 16 years, I guess now. Um, and I used to teach children and young people who had special educational needs. So I taught in a number of special schools. Um, and that was my real passion. It's what I wanted to do. Um, I absolutely loved it. And the way that I fell into sleep was actually because when I had um, a child, they basically didn't sleep. And what happened was that impacted on my sleep. And I suddenly realised how important sleep was because when you become sleep deprived, Mm. it's just so difficult to do anything you know to get any motivation to do anything it affects your whole world um so i started to research around sleep um try to find out what i could possibly do to help because 
all the routes that I try to go down. So, for example, like your health visitor, mm. the GP, there was no support there for sleep. I mean, the GP actually prescribed antidepressants. And I probably was depressed, yeah, but what was leading into that was the huge amount of sleep deprivation mm. that I was suffering. Mm. Um, so that, that's kind of where it all started, um, trying to help myself. And then when I found ways to do that, I wanted to help other people. And that's the point where I set up a charity. Mm. It's really interesting because I think that was kind of one of the things that struck me kind of first reading through some of the information about the the sleep council and the sleep charity that it's it's one of those really important core things to our life that is often not really spoken about or looked at or doesn't really seem to be the focus of anything yet impacts on everything um it must have been quite a a shift that first time as you've sort of mentioned there where like okay I can see this is a really important issue I'd like to get involved but there doesn't really seem to be an avenue to to get into that yeah I, I thought I must be missing something really obvious um because sleep is so important and I, I was like there's got to be a charity out there that can help um, and I'm going back sort of, well, many years now. I set the charity up in, in 2012. Um, and this was all happening probably around 2004 when I was looking around for some kind of support. Mm. And the health service couldn't, you know, help with the sleep problems that I got because they weren't actually medical. Um, and it still surprises me now that, there's not enough sleep information out there, not enough sleep support, not enough research into sleep. Mm. When you actually look at sleep and see how important it is for health and how important it is for well-being, you know, it's vitally important. So I'm still confused as to why we don't take it seriously and why it's mm. missing from um, sort of a lot of, uh, you know, policies, for example, uh, particularly around mental health policies as well. So, yeah, it, a part of the work that I aim to do through the charity is campaigning work to try to get sleep firmly on the agenda because mm. it is vital. Yeah, I think, I think I'm right in saying this, that sleep was going to be the the theme for this year's mental health awareness week i think that's right um but was then changed over to kindness because of the lockdown is that it, do you know am i right in saying that yes you are yeah. absolutely right yes um so the mental health foundation were going to have sleep as their focus this year um and they had they did change it uh, to kindness um and I was so excited when I saw it was sleep because it's just, <laughs> yes, it's going to be there on the agenda. And then with the lockdown, we've seen sleep issues um, sort of escalating mm. and people needing support. And so I was thinking, this is great because we've got this week coming up. And then they did change it to kindness, which, is, of course, is also really important. So mm. I would never want to say that it's not. Um I'm hopeful that they will be covering the sleep element next year. Yeah, yeah, I think um, 
I've, I must have I must have read something on on the website because I, I I remember seeing that there was I thought it was sleep um and that it had changed and I think they said oh it's going to it's an important issue we're going to come back to it um and yeah I can imagine that being a really a difficult period because there is a bit more focus and like you said kindness is is hugely important it's a great area to focus on um but it kind of felt a little bit like well this this is kind of a bit of a given I feel like this is a, a message that we already hear I quite like it when a new um like a new topic or a subject that a lot of us don't know as much about um is kind of brought up and I think that's the really useful um aspect of kind of uh, campaign or themed days weeks months to to draw that attention to particular areas so yeah I really hope that that sleep is one of those that does come back and does get some attention and I would imagine yeah now is also a time when a lot of people might be struggling with that with those added concerns of potentially homeschooling and homeworking and um, we're not going anywhere there isn't that oh I'm now home and I'm now getting ready to rest or sleep um, everything is happening potentially in the same um, building or room for some people um, that sleep maybe has become much more difficult in in our current setting I don't know if that's something that kind of you've noticed or, or, or have any information on yeah absolutely so we um, conducted a survey with the, the sleep council and sleep station um, to find out how the nation are sleeping at the moment and we got over 2700 responses oh, wow. uh, yeah um, and what we are hearing and certainly through my experience at the charity you know the the emails mm. the phone calls that we're getting people are saying that sleep patterns have changed because of the lockdown um, mm. it's more difficult to keep in a routine at the moment um, it is more difficult in terms of things like working so if people are working from home it can be difficult to have those boundaries in place whereby you finish work um it's just I mean I've done it myself before you know it it's sort of seven yeah. eight o'clock at night and you're still in front of your computer working um you know that that's causing an additional stress and things like trying to homeschool um the additional use of screens mm. so screen times increase for children and young people um is, is one of the findings and then of course anxiety you know this is just such a stressful period and people are worried about all kinds of things like financial factors you know are they going to keep the jobs um are they going to catch the virus? They're worrying about family members who they might not have been able to take care of and, and to see. And all this stress can impact on sleep too. So lots and lots of factors that mean that it is difficult to keep sleep on track right now. And I think one of the things that you said earlier about the um, Mental Health Awareness Week, mm -hmm. um, and you said about, you know, you like to sort of learn about new things and, yeah and yeah one of the key things about sleep is empowering people with knowledge about it because actually we often aren't taught about sleep so therefore we don't quite understand why some of the advice is out there um, mm. and if we can empower people with knowledge about sleep then they are going to be in a better position 
to be able to take some control over their own sleep patterns and put in uh, things into place that are helpful so you know I'm a big believer in empowering people with knowledge because I never learned about sleep at school certainly and if I had have done I wouldn't actually be doing the job that I'm doing today because mm. I would have been able to prevent a lot of the things happening that did happen <laughs> uh, it is it is one of those like you say I think we sort of fall back sometimes going oh I wish I'd been taught this in school and you're like but you don't always need huge amounts of information actually there are little tips aren't there sometimes that you can get that make a huge difference I think uh, only a couple of years ago I, I remember talking to someone about struggling to get to sleep um, and sometimes having broken sleep and they and we sort of talked and they were talking about the importance of a routine and I was like oh I yeah I suppose that does sound quite important <laughs> and it's not until you start to have those conversations that you realize actually how um how negative some of the actions you're taking are and you're not taking them because you particularly want to it's just the the routine you've got into uh, and one of my big things was I was often kind of getting into bed way before I was ready to go to sleep and they said you you now just you, yeah but you don't associate the bed with sleep now it's just like a leisure space um uh, but that little tip and that little bit of conversation meant that I kind of just changed my routine a little bit. And now generally like actually getting to sleep is much easier. Um, and it's not always, yeah, we don't need necessarily huge amounts of information, but giving us a little bit of knowledge, whether that's in school as part of campaigns, it's just a good way to help support so many other things. If you want someone to be able to, turn up for work and be be present and be focused if you want someone to turn up for, for school or education be focused and productive you need to be confident that they are kind of having good sleep that they've been fed and these kind of um basic needs are being met really yeah absolutely do I mean I was um I was the parent who said bedtime routines don't work mm. and actually they didn't work because I was trying the wrong thing within the routine and I was trying it at the wrong time. Mm. Um, and as an adult, I wouldn't have thought that an adult needs a bedtime routine because that's something that you do with children. Mm. But then once I sort of became educated about sleep and understood about sort of circadian rhythms and the fact that actually it's really important to keep regular sort of nighttime and wake up times so that we can um, sort of train our body clocks um you know I was like oh that actually makes sense and then I started to look a little further into routines and actually what our bodies need in order to be able to go to sleep more easily um, and to start to think about how we can use routines to create the feelings of calm and also how we can use routines to be able to um ensure that our body's uh, producing as much melatonin as possible. So you know, melatonin is the sleep hormone that helps us to nod off more easily. And you know, I've been doing things like putting my child in front of the TV because there was a show on that sort of played twinkly mm. music and they read a bedtime story and I thought, oh, that's you know what you should be doing. Actually, no, you know, avoiding screen times is so important in that hour leading to bedtime because mm. we know that the light that screens give out actually suppresses the sleep hormone mm. um, and I'd not known any of that information and I'd, I'd not been aware about things 
such as diet and sleep. And uh, yeah, I might have known, you know, don't drink caffeine, um, you know, before you go into bed. Mm. But I've not recognised the role of sugar, for example. And, you know, <laughs> I, I might have given things like hot chocolate and a, a biscuit because traditionally that's the kind of thing that kids had. Yeah. Yeah, to so go I, to bed routine, having that little snack, and yeah. it, it is it is funny, isn't it? Because I think you when you touched on that, the um, like adults don't have or don't want routines, and I think it's um, they we've all got routines. It's just we wouldn't necessarily call them that, I guess. And um, uh, yeah, I imagine if you approached someone and sort of said, "Look, you have you thought about having a, a bit of a, a like a bedtime routine?" <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. but actually you've got one already so why don't we just review that um mm. so it is I think it is one of those things that people will already be doing and just wouldn't necessarily perceive it in that way and um it, it is it is thinking about and reviewing that and I mean I'm I'm still awful with um screen time before bed um, and I will do my best at like, oh, if I've closed one eye and I've tilted the screen to a side, then that's somehow <laughs> I'm exposing myself a little bit less. Um, and I think, but at least it's a conscious decision. I'm being, I'm being an idiot, but I know I'm doing it. Whereas some people are just continuing to use particularly phones and tablets and, and not be aware of this is making you more and more awake. Don't be under the impression that this is helping you to sleep because it's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we will have people who can't sleep who talk about exercising to wear themselves out and they're doing it right before bedtime and actually it's not wearing them out, it's actually waking them up. Um, and I think when you start to look into sleep and, and educate yourself about it, you think, oh, why, why has nobody ever shared that really simple information with me you know I used to do it I used to take my my son out in the evenings and right I will wear him out I will make sure he's tired and obviously because I was doing it at the wrong time it, it had no effects and the other thing that I didn't realize um at this point as well was that one of the main symptoms of sleep deprivation that we see in children is often hyperactivity. So they present as not being tired. Um, and what we do, whether it's with a child or with our own sleep, is if there's a problem, we throw strategies at it. Mm. And we don't actually sit back and try to work out what might be causing it. So, you know, you can throw a good bedtime routine at a sleep problem and it may have no impact whatsoever because that's not at the core of what's going on with this sleep issue so what we need to start to do is to unpick what may be causing it and quite often there's not just one thing there's you know numerous things um in order to get the right strategies in place because otherwise strategies around bedtime can make you feel even more stressed mm. than, than before you start because if you've got a sleep issue you will try everything and you'll buy all the products the sprays for pillows the bath products you'll be drinking the chamomile tea and it becomes a bigger and bigger issue but actually those things may not be particularly helpful depending on <clears throat> what's causing the problem mm. and how did kind of as you were going through that experience back in early 2000s 
how how were you able to support kind of your family well-being as, as you were struggling at that time um because there would have been less support and less information um what what was useful for you and how did you find kind of accessing resources or information at that time um i found it really hard to access any sort of information to be honest um i i presented to my health visitor eventually and i say eventually because i think sometimes as a parent you feel that you're failing mm. and we tend to hear about all well, the children who are sleeping well um and i just felt you know, pretty rubbish about the whole situation. Um, and it took a while for me to actually say, Do you know, I've got I've got a problem here. Um, mm. I need some help. And then when I did reach out for help, I was actually given a book. Um, I, I do remember kind of looking and at the health visitor and saying, I'm not sure I'm going to get a chance to read this. <laughs> I was work- I was working full time and uh, not having a great deal of sleep. Um, yeah. but but uh, hey, I took the book and um, I got the gist of the book and I didn't feel comfortable with it. So it mm. was essentially around controlled crying and uh, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Um, mm. But I really felt that I needed to do it because I've been told to do it by a health professional and I was desperate. Yeah. And I, I tried it for one night and one night only and it was horrific um it 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 didn't work and there was nothing controlled about it um and I think it was about three years after that that I actually sorted the sleep problem out Mm. and to be honest I I drew heavily on my teaching background so I I specialized in working with children and young people who quite often had significant behavioral difficulties Mm. and we always unpicked what that behavior might be trying to tell us and then started to look at the strategies um, that we would use and this was the same model that I needed to do with sleep um, but I'd never considered it like that so I started to explore what the issues were and what might be contributing to those issues and from there I could start to implement strategies to um, try them and see what the difference was and Mm. Actually, um, once I did everything together at the right point, based on absolute knowledge around sleep, um, the sleep issues were resolved within two weeks. And it was hard work. I'm not going to say it wasn't. Mm. It was hard work. It was about being really consistent. Um, And it was about my resilience as well and finding the right time to make changes because, you know, making any kind of change is hard work and you've got to carry it through. So that's how it all sort of came about. But, you know, the rewards of a good night's sleep were were worth the hard work. Yes, I I can imagine. I think it's really the kind of the the situation that you mentioned there is um, seems like your experience in education was a real asset to kind of managing the situation and being able to um, almost kind of troubleshoot uh that time and recognize i've got this bit of knowledge i need a little bit more i'm going to try this uh, and cope in a very um processed way um and be confident reasonably with that um do you think having had that experience in education was a was a big benefit to you in that time 
Absolutely. Um, it most certainly was um, because I could see sort of all the tools that I'd used with my teacher mm-hmm. hat on and then start to use those as well at bedtime and even things like positive reinforcement, you know, around um, making sleep positive once again. And quite often with children, you know, we'll use sleep as a, a sanction. You know, if you don't behave, you're going to bed. So what message do we then give young people about sleep? Um, or we might say things like, you know, if you're good, you can stay up late. So that's like saying to an adult, you know, as a treat, I'm going to sleep deprive you. It's mm. not it's it's not a it's not a treat. Um, so part of the work that we're trying to do at the sleep charity is to change the way that we speak about sleep as well to young people um, and to move away from having this badge of honour around you know, sleep is for the week. And yeah, I, I managed to get my own four hours last night because I was so busy working on this really important, you know, work project. Actually, mm. no, that's not healthy. Um, we need to respect sleep. Mm. And I think the some of the information that's being shared as part of the, the, the big wake up call, um, I don't know, campaign um, is reinforcing actually that that effect on on our working life, on our uh, studying life um and seeing how that comes across um i don't know quite with the overlap of what would have been shared as part of mental health awareness week but are there um like particular things that would be useful for people maybe to look at or tips or things that they can kind of try to to either find out about sleep or little tools to maybe try and see if they can improve their own sleep yeah um absolutely i mean with sleep it is such a personal thing Mm. so it's always difficult to sort of give uh, five top tips on how to get a better night's sleep (laughs) you know i get asked for that all the time and it's actually well it depends on the person um Mm. but what i would say is consistency is really really important so it's about trying to keep this regular night time and wait time schedule because then that helps in terms of your body clock and it's like you said earlier if you're going to bed and you're not actually tired it then becomes harder to fall asleep and then it can create a problem so it's about thinking about where your body clock is right now and what we're seeing because of lockdown is that lots of body clocks are starting to drift so in lots of homes bedtime is actually getting later Um, and that's to be expected but what we do need to do um is try to pull them back so that if sort of schools do reopen um in the next few weeks that kids can get up in time parents can get up for work because otherwise it's it can be a real shock to the system um and having this regular wake-up time is important as well and it's trying to keep some routine to your day so it might be things like remembering to eat at sort of roughly the same time because again this helps your circadian rhythm it it might be doing things like thinking about a time during the day when you can sit down and talk about how you're feeling about maybe the news or whatever and turning it off at night time because it can become um sort of disruptive in terms of your sleep because we're seeing you know all the information that's coming in and I've certainly had to step away from social media at night time um I, I found particularly at the beginning um of the lockdown I was sort of 
hooked on looking at social media um you know what is happening trying to understand it you know real mm. roller coaster of emotions um about what is going to happen and actually sometimes it's about i will look at it because it's interesting and i want to know what's happening but i'll have very firm boundaries in place and i'm not going to look at it after a particular time um and other t- tips is you know light and dark plays an enormous role around sleep and one of the things that perhaps we may not have had as much of recently because of lockdown is is daylight and that depends on each person's you know home situation but getting natural daylight during the day particularly in the morning is really important to reset the body clock um and it might just be you know opening the curtain sitting by the window um and at night time it's important to have dim lights to produce that melatonin so it might be sort of just putting a lamp on closing curtains blinds that's really useful as well i think there's a a couple of really useful ones in there and i think you started it off with a, a really important one it's all personal in terms of um our body's preferences and obviously our, our work and study commitments i think that's really important to to recognize and then particularly i i think the exposure to to media at the moment is a really um key one because it'd be one that we are probably all more focused on than we usually are um and also something that seems more focused i think um i found personally i found the first week i was following everything um and i felt i think at looking back i feel like that first week it was fine at that time there were kind of regular um updates of certain bits of information that were really important to know but since that first week um i think the the information is is much lesser or it's more relevant to different areas you don't need to watch it every day or to be updated every day um and i think being able to step back is a really key thing because if I'd, well, I know that if I'd have carried on watching and absorbing the, the news and the informations about our, things like our daily briefing as much as I was in that first week um, consistently, I would definitely be having struggles <laughs> in a few different areas. Um, and so it is, it is managing it and, and realising how much of a change that is to what your usual routine is. Um but I really like the when you were talking about the the daylight in the morning in particular. Um, I think that's a really important one for us to to notice because as we're getting up later or earlier or whatever we're doing, that is going to be a, affecting that. Um, and if we're not going out to to work or to study, we're doing everything at home. Making sure that we we make our very best efforts to you know open the blinds or the curtains to open the window and let some air in if you don't have outside space um i think is really important and not making that assumption that everyone has everyone has lovely houses some people are in really difficult situations and don't have that outside space so you know even if it is just opening the blind and opening the window um that can make a huge difference to you in a lot of different ways for for your well-being and and mentally but it's really good to hear that also has a really key aspect in regards to the the sleep that you're getting as well 
Yeah, it does. And I've started to set alarms as well for myself because I, I don't know about you, but I find that time seems very strange at the moment. So, mm. um, you know, it, it can be uh, I can get caught up in sort of doing things work wise or um, it suddenly time has just disappeared. Um, yeah. And I've started to set alarms um, to remind myself to have a break, to remind mm. myself to have meals at regular times. Um, and also things like, you know, doing some exercise or whatever. Um, so going for a walk, really, really important um, to be, you know, if you can do those things to be to be doing them. Um, and I know we touched on work earlier. And mm. for me, um, one of the key things has been sort of putting strategies in place to switch off from work. Yes. Uh, and I've spoken to a lot of people about this recently and, and people have got all different tips, but um, one person has work shoes, which really, I, I, oh. I love the whole idea. So, yeah, she puts her work shoes on at the um, at the point where she is in work mode and then she takes yeah. them off. I thought, actually, that, that's a really good one. Like yeah, that. I liked that idea too. Yeah, yeah. I have had um, a few people talk about that wearing work clothes and getting ready for work and I was like yeah that's great that's great yeah, but in my head that lasted about two maybe three weeks <laughs> and I, was like, I just don't need to dress up for anyone <laughs> um, but yeah if it's like a significant item to you like your shoes um that is probably a, a, in my head that would be more manageable than constantly kind of putting on everything that you need to for work when you're not really going anywhere um but it's finding what what works for you and um i think that that obviously ties into to so many different areas um i've i've also noted down um like the overlap with with some of the the national campaigns so we've already mentioned like the um mental health awareness week but we've also got i think there's um like i don't know if it's national or international or world well-being week in june that's coming up and we have all the information around um kind of well-being and health campaigns like change for life um are there other campaigns or times that might be coming up where we're going to see a particular focus on sleep or information about sleep shared um so there is world sleep day but we've missed Ooh. that that was in march okay <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a wait there. this one for next year <laughs> yeah um we usually do a sleep week in october which is focused on um children and young people's sleep but we are having more of a focus now on adult sleep um because when i first set the charity up it was the children's sleep charity and we've recently changed our name and our branding because what we've recognized is we're not just improving children and young people's sleep we're also improving adult sleep by improving their children's sleep um and we've also recognized that there is a huge need for us to be able to campaign um so that sleep is taken seriously for the whole population and to try to ensure that sleep support is available for everybody because it's not just children who have sleep issues at all you know I think the stat the stats are something like 40 percent of adults will have a sleep issue so there's got to be greater understanding about this and uh, recognition of the impact that sleep issues are having on society as a whole and there's got to be the right kind of support there at the earliest stage um, to try to prevent some of the more 
significant sleep issues that we often see from developing. Mm-hmm. And um, and with that in mind, um, are there certain places, websites, campaigns that people can kind of look out for or go to if they wanted to find out a bit more information about the, the work you're doing, about the sleep council, the sleep charity and anything that's going alongside that? Yeah, so um, we are just transitioning from our old website, which was the childrensleepcharity.org.uk, to the new website, which is the sleepcharity.org.uk. And we should have some more information going live on there on the 2nd of June. We've got a Facebook page as well, and we're on Twitter, um, so we keep up to date um, on social media. But you can also look up the Sleep Council and we do a lot of partnership work with them. And we delivered the Sleep Manifesto um, in Westminster with the Sleep Council as well. Um, and they have some great content on their website. And that's the, sleep, it, the website address is sleepcouncil.org.uk. Hey, I will um, quickly scribble those down in very illegible writing um <laughs> but i'll uh, i'll make sure that we add in some links to to the podcast as well and make sure that um it's easy for people to to go and find those sites and and have a look through because i do think it's one that while there will be people that are um kind of keyed into this already um there'll be a lot of people that maybe aren't necessarily aware of the support or the information that's available out there and i think for me that's one of the big things of um the podcast is that actually it's about recognizing some of the support that is available that people just don't access or aren't aware of um so it's really good to be able to signpost to to some new resources um and information as well uh, and definitely worth having a look at the the manifesto and the new website so thank you so much you're welcome thank you no thank you for coming on in um just yeah sharing your experience and information it's it's been really good to sit down and chat and um i look forward to to going away and finding out a bit more information yeah and i would love people to get in touch with us as well so we always love to hear from people um and we're always looking at new projects new partnerships just how we can support the nation to sleep better that's what it's all about hey so yeah we definitely encourage people to go over to the website but also to the social medias as well so that was um facebook and twitter they, they can uh, find you um over there yeah they can that would be great thank you thanks no worries thank you these are real people they do have struggles and it starts to get on my nerves i just shut down so many people suffer from mental illness to get the word out that men have got to start talking so i told everything and her face dropped a lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real, and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I don't think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it. 
and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. <laughs>